Welcome to episode three of the San Luis Obispo podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Emerson Trout coming to you from the San Luis Obispo podcast studio. I'm here with Braden Mahoney, the legend. This episode, we interviewed James Boscaro. He is the local San Luis Obispo High School men's soccer coach. He is a local legend. He's developed a really impressive program down at San Luis Obispo High School. He's also a lifelong teacher and an avid surfer. He has done a lot in this community to help bring young men and women on to the next phase of their life. We had so much fun recording this episode, and we hope you enjoy it. Thank you so much for your support. This is James Boscaro. This is Sam Lewis of Exposed Podcast. Featuring locals, legends, and leaders. Welcome to Slow Pod. Dude, we gotta finish off the pier. I heard no permit required yeah, for the no for the pier. Nah, we gotta try it out. I used to do a lot of fishing when I was a kid. I mean, I enjoy it. It's very like, uh, you know, therapeutic. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a repetitive thing. Whether you're just dropping it down on the pier or you're on the, we did a lot of surcasting at the beach, mm-hmm. which you could do at the dunes. You just drive your truck out. All your shit's already in your truck. It's not like you're hauling it, you know, and carrying it everywhere. Um, we would call it surcasting. We'd build these racks on the front of your truck. So you cast it. You just stick it in your tr- front and back at like a uh, piece of E-pipe. Yeah. You ever catch anything big? Uh, yeah. We got like these, we call them sand sharks. There was a shark. It was, you know, probably this big, a couple of feet. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. And I think like a fishing license is only like 50 bucks for a year. Yeah. It's like, bro. I don't even think I it's get... 50 bucks for you. I think it's cheaper than that. It's, yeah. It's $52 for a year pass. Oh, no way. I could it easily is. catch $50 a fish. Yeah. Oh. I was thinking I could. <laughs> Dude. Maybe you got a little dingy though, like well people go out into like off Moonstone and mm-hmm. or catch stuff and people I've gone camping with at um Plaskett and they kayak and they catch fish, they grill it up right there at the campground. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. I made I had homemade pokey last night. Freaking insane good. Where'd you get the fish from? Some sort of fresh fish place, but it was so good. Oh, yeah, that sounds God. good. That sounds really good. But I also feel like I kinda wanna get into the point where I haven't killed very many things. <laughs> Fishing, I think, is like you kind of get a little closer to what it's actually like to take something's life. And, you know, I'm a man now. I'm starting my yeah. life. <laughs> I wasn't raised killing things, but, you know, I'd love to go hunting you, at some gonna point. You're going to fly it life. right on the boat or on the yeah. beach and just eat it like sushi right there? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean, could could get that way. But that's kind of where I kind of go into it. Of I'm each in this next part of my life and pick up some new hobbies. You hear about those guys, that surf trip at somewhere in Indo? They went on some remote island, but they brought their own goat because they knew after like a couple weeks of surf, they'd run out of food, uh, and that's why they brought the goat. Would, <laughs> would you do that, dude? The goat's like oh, that's man. an animal that's gonna get attached to after a couple weeks. That's, so that was <laughs> that was part of the story. Was like, hey, we gotta attach this thing. He just like went on all our surf spots. He would just hang on the beach if we were surfing. Uh, yeah, oh, fuck, he trusted me. <laughs> yeah, that's where to go. I couldn't don't, have raised the goat. I couldn't do it now. If I was starving, don't yes. T- don't yeah, tell Dana. I heard you show it. Shout out to Dana the other day. You forgot to mention that he's a world-class soccer player. No way. Wait, what? Dana balls, dude. Really? Dana's probably one of the top soccer players in this town. No, no way. If there's, any, if there's ever a game or league or any kind of pickup, Dana will just absolutely dominate. I didn't realize he was so really? good. Unbelievable soccer player. Dude, That's people huge. underestimate <laughs> Dana. Yeah, he's 
He's a mover and a shaker, dude. That's crazy. If you see him like kick a kick a ball at him or anything, he'll just like he's got incredible, incredible soccer player. What does he do? Do you know? I don't know. Child author. I was gonna say it seems like the whole goat thing is really taken off. Um, I don't know what he does. He's got that new car. I haven't seen the new car. It's like the minivan. It says like goats on the side or something like that, like surfing goats. Oh, that's his book. He wrote a kid's book that's called Surfing Goats. Okay. And that's like the cover of his book. I think is on a thing. Yeah, I've only known him through pickup soccer before I knew him from surfing. No way. Dude, is he did he where did he go to college? Did he go to college? I have no idea. Like pro or? What's his last name? I mean, I don't know his last name. Dana Goats. Yeah, you doing yours because I got this stuff recording here. I can't. I'll text Pat. Yeah, that's so funny. I didn't know he was so good. I know he's good at surfing. I mean Yeah, I've never even seen him surf. I've seen him on the beach at Shell Beach, like with the goats on the cliff and stuff. It's cool to see yeah. the goats on that, you know, on the on the ledges and stuff. Yeah. And he's had the long rope with them. But then uh, I saw him, at a, like, we played in the soccer league, and he was there, and he just, just balled out. Yeah. I mean, it was just yeah. an incredible touch. I've seen him doing stand-up paddleboarding, but kind of, like, ripping yeah. on the stand-up. And not, it's not just, like, a guy out there just kind of cruising. Like, he's actually, like, yeah. surfing really well. But one of the first times me and uh, Catherine ever hung out, we ended up going to the beach and hanging out, and he was there. Came up after sunset, and he's just hanging out with the goats, playing with them. And I was, like, said hi to him. And then he was like, hey, you want some goat milk? <laughs> and so I was thinking, like, I've never tried goat milk before. You know, first date. This is kind of like a good, memorable thing. And he was like, I was like, yeah, sure. I think he's going to give me like a bottle of milk. And he's like, all right, get on your knees. <laughs> <laughs> and me and Kate look at each other. And we're like, we're, we're good. All right, yeah, let's do it. And we get on our knees. And he literally grabs his goat and sprays from the goat's uh, teat. teat. <laughs> and it's like, it's got some power to it. We're just like. It's like the carnival game at the fair where you're trying to blow up the balloon. With yeah, like, I have Phew. a video of it still, and it was honestly first time we're trying goat milk. That sounds like a party trick, and you guys fell yeah, right into yeah. it. And I realized he does that with everyone. He has a whole bunch of videos of just everyone just sitting on their knees, mouth open, getting sprayed by the goat. <laughs> Those goats have the best life any goat could ever have. Yeah, you know, we uh, had goats at our house once to help with our weed abatement, and it was a disaster. Yeah, how's the yard work going? Oh, well, that's why I bust my back up. Like, oh, yeah. Luckily, it's been raining. And I've just been really laid up the last couple of days. That's why I went to the Cairo and I saw Peter. Uh, that first week of like quarantine or shelter in place, I just like, oh, I'm just going to bust out yard work that, you know, I usually do like two hours at a time. I'm like, I'm home all the time now. So mm-hmm. I, I just overdid it. Mm-hmm. But they yeah, had the large yard dialed in. And I know it's dialed in because I haven't done anything in like a week because my <laughs> back hurt. Yeah. And it still looks normal. Yeah. just needs a mow. You heard it carrying it. around bushels of... Yeah, wheelbarrows, chainsaw, shovel, all that stuff. Yeah. I love grating that chainsaw, but that always does it to me. Yeah. I, I, gotta, hate I gotta back problems. That is literally the most one, huh? debilitating injury in the world. Just yeah. like your back, just you just can't even stand or sit. You're just like, oh, like you can't move right. Nothing feels good. Just... Emerson, I hate to say it. We're young. Dude, I, I have my family has a mad history of back problems though. Really? I think like my uncle had a back surgery, I don't know, ten plus years ago. The doctor in the surgery afterwards, he was like, dude, it looked like a firecracker went off in your lower back. The doctor literally told him it looked like a firecracker went off in his in his lower back. Mm. It was so bad. I was like, that's like his he like had to lay down for like a couple months on his back and couldn't move and his wife like bolted the TV to the ceiling <laughs> so he could play video games and like yeah. do something. That's like me with my elbows. So I don't know. If oh, that's you right. Know, you yeah. had elbow surgery. I, I have, that. Yeah, I have terrible elbows. Like, I mean, they've worked, but long term, I'm gonna need some robot elbows or something. Like, 
I mean, Cyborg. I can't touch my shoulders. Like that's as far as they go. You know what I mean? That's whack. And you, it's, it's as straight as it goes. Um, you also chipped one wrestling with our friends. Yeah. Um, you need, like Tommy John surgery or something like that? Um, I had, I don't know what Tommy John surgery is, but they did like arthroscopic surgery. Yeah. So it's like they go in at three different points, and pretty much what happened, uh, it was Jesse's birthday, and we were all at his house, uh, wrestling. It was after senior year, going to college. Um, Russell and ha- roughhousing everything, and I woke up the next day and my elbow was super swollen. Yeah, and I was like, "That's not good." And so I gave it like two weeks to a month to like let it. I remember, didn't you say you went surfing on it too? Yeah, I went surfing on it, and I would take Advil. I think we went surfing the next day, and we were just crushing Advil because I had shoulder problems at the time. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Advil. Yeah, people always say getting old sucks, but I mean, it happens at any age, really. Yeah, kind yeah. of especially playing sports and mm-hmm. well, yeah, and wrestling with your friends, but yeah. But then, so I let it. I let it. Uh, all the swelling go down everything and I was just like getting these things where like I'd move it and it'd be like kind of like stuck like there'd be like a pain I'm like that's weird I could like move around and get it not painful anymore and it's like mom we need to go in and uh, see this go and get x-rays on it I chipped off part of my elbow and it was like floating around in there and so that's what they did arthroscopically they went to three different points like took it out reshaped the head of everything and then put them back together but where I'm at now I think I just don't have cartilage in there yeah you know do you do like a lot of PT for it yeah, I mean, a lot of PT, because that's the thing of, like, once you get elbow surgery, you want to make sure you can still move it yeah. afterwards, but I don't know. It's just, I enjoy such an athletic lifestyle, if it's, yeah. I don't know. It's crazy, because, like, I feel like it, something in the last year and a half, two years happened where I was like, oh, like, I'm actually not invincible anymore. Like, yeah. when I was a kid, like, I could do anything, and nothing hurt, nothing ever was any lingering issues, and now it's like... Oh, I picked up this thing wrong, and, and now my back hurts for yeah. two weeks. And I'm mm-hmm. like, something happens, like, oh, like it's going wrong. You know, I'm starting to get old. It's like I'm 23. Like, <laughs> like, like, like they can't be still bad. be able to do that. Yeah, I can still say, be able to do this. They say our generation is gonna live to like 120. Yeah, oh, I <laughs> hope not. <laughs> I remember that same experience. Like as a kid, we'd always play tackle football, like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. fifth, sixth, seventh grade, and then all of a sudden. People start like breaking arms yeah. and Things concussions, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, eh, okay, I think no more tackle football in the park. Oh, that was yeah. like why I stopped playing rugby. It was like because I was playing oh, yeah. a Cal Poly's team on you're, freshman oh. year, and it was one of those things like, because I mean I ended up almost tearing my rotator cuff benching too, like specific time, you know what I mean? And I was letting it heal. I started going back in, and I was like, talking to the coach, I was like, honestly, like for my life, I don't think I should keep doing this. <laughs> and since then, every all my friends who have still been in there injuries on injuries yeah. like knees Rugby's hips uh and it's just one of those things it's like the culture of like all right man up keep going it's like seriously if you stay in it for a long time like eventually yeah i, I hurt my knee over the summer i had like grade two sprain in my mcl brutal and like every single day my coach was like so you good i'm like still not good still yeah. not good and i was I ended up being out for the entire summer it was terrible yeah and I had to come back and it still wasn't perfect and it just kind of ended yeah, up being all right. I remember um, in the concussion that Pat gave me <laughs> <laughs> before the game, we were just warming up, just ripped one across the field from like behind and didn't realize it, but I'm just like playing goalie, dinks me right in the back of the head and was like, oh, I'm concussed. <laughs> yeah, that's, that doesn't feel right. Yeah. He got me once too doing warm-ups. That's uh, it's, it's funny you said that about the, the concussions that, you know, as a coach – you got to be so careful. Like, and you said, Oh, just man up or Hey, you ready yet? It's like, you can't even say that as a coach yeah. anymore because mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it's a liability issue, but you've got to always 
you know, defer on the side of caution with anything like that. Well, I'm sure it's a liability issue, especially yeah. now with all the concussion stuff coming out and parents being like really careful with it. It's yeah. like, I mean, that's your mm-hmm. child. You don't want their brain messed up. Dude, I mean, it I got really a, messed up. I mean, up. I got it before I came here uh, at Vaca High in Vacaville. I got a really gnarly concussion. Like, hospitalized. Oh, wow. Like, oh, yeah. I was, Playing soccer? Yeah, it was like a level three concussion. I was knocked Ooh. out in a 1v1. I came out and just took the knee right to the temple. And I was out of school for like a month. Couldn't do anything for three Damn. months. Yeah, I actually. That explains a lot there, Braden. <laughs> I got a concussion because somebody dropped a water polo cage on my head and I never had a concussion before. And I went home and the next day I was in class with Mr. Bristol, the math teacher. And he's looking at me and I, I was seeing lines through my vision. I had like crazy waves going on. I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel sick. And Mr. Yeah. Bristol's like looking at me during class. He goes, are you okay? And I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> and he's like. All right, he asked one of my other friends in the class to walk me to the office. And I'm like kind of stumbling down the hall. And like the office is like, I'm pretty sure you're really concussed. I was like, that kind of makes sense. And I went to the hospital and I like fell asleep in the CAT scan thing. And the nurse was like, don't fall asleep. Yeah, that's don't the one thing asleep. you're not supposed to do. And, and she's like, yeah, you have, you have a pretty bad concussion. I was like, that's, that's not good. That's what I didn't realize when I came back to school after that long time off. Because they say it's like when you get a concussion, it's like a scab. You want to really like heal it all the way until it totally heals. Otherwise, you hit your head again. It's like rip it off again. You just did a bunch yeah. of damage. But me coming back, it was like for the first 24 hours, I was on like uh, zero stimulus bed rest. No one's allowed to be with me. I'm not allowed to read. I'm not allowed to watch any TV. Just like, yeah, no screen time. Yeah, let your brain just sit. And then so that was like most of like that month was just chillaxing. Can you and, hear things? Like, could you listen to yeah, a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing. It's zero nothing. Stimulus. It's nothing. Zero wow. stimulus bed rest. Okay. But yikes. Coming, yeah, but coming back though after a month, like, that was like a lot to watch TV and stuff like that. It was just like the initial. But coming back to school was stressful because I wasn't used to all the noise and like everything <laughs> going on. Like loud noises were just like get you just anxious. I don't know. I don't know if that's how you felt with your concussion, but it was, it was that was a trippy time of life. Mine was definitely not as bad. Mine only lasted like I was out of school for like three, four days, maybe three years, <laughs> three, four years, no, three, four days, but. It was like, for me, it was more just like, I was so confused all the time. I was like, for until like, like those first couple of days, I was like, what's, what's going on? Like where, what, what's happening right now? I don't really, I had no grasp on any situation going mm-hmm. on around me. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's have, a common injury though in water polo too, right? I know you yeah, know, a lot not everybody ball, gets cages like, dropped on their heads. No, but yeah, that was like the it. worst way to get it in polo <laughs> and it like, cracked my head open too and they'd glue that shut. That was horrible. But yeah, um, like water polo is like a cage match. Yeah. It, I mean, other than the punching, it's like. <laughs> A, like a straight like i got another one because a ball hit the corner of the cage and like it comes off faster than it goes in because it like the ball kind of dents and then like launches back out mm-hmm. and i got it right in the temple and i was like oof i was like uh, i had like a moment where i was like oh i'm like really concussed i was like <laughs> i don't know even know where i am right now and then i was like i just kind of got out i was like i was at cuesta and i was like it was right at the end of practice and i got out and i was like it was right for the weekend and i was like okay, I'm just going to not do anything. I just went home and was like laid in bed. I was like, mm-hmm. didn't really tell anyone, you know, 2020 hindsight, very stupid, but um, yeah. still not fun. Any update on the Dana? Yeah, Dana, turns out, went to Fresno State, was a standout, and then was working for a couple years and then was playing soccer with some kids when one of them was like, why aren't you playing professional soccer? Absolutely. Whoa. And it apparently super took him off guard and was like, it said, quote, that sparked a realization in me and I had to ask myself, why am I not living my dream? And then he ended up going and playing professional soccer all over the world, 
such as Lebanon and remote villages in Africa, and his team would play in front of thousands sometimes, and other times just a few in desolate countryside. So like a traveling uh, soccer player, which yeah. kind That's of fits cool. his personality. Yeah, that's why I had no idea. Like that was so far out of the realm of things I thought about Dana and the goats. Well, that's funny. It's like, and look at your age compared to like my age. Like, people won't know you're you're a water water polo player, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. really, you played water polo? Like my brother, who's one year older than I was, was an unbelievable golfer. Like, you know, probably had a stroke average of like seventy two, seventy three in high school, but didn't really pursue it in college. Just wasn't interested. Mm -hmm. And it's just a few years ago. He has young kids now and was talking to his wife. He's like, oh, I'm sure he's excited to teach his kids how to play golf. He's like, why would he do that? And oh. she, mm. even though they were married, had no real clue that golf was such a big part of his upbringing and that he was such a fantastic golfer. It's just that phase kind of passed, and he's, you know, he had never had a reason to bring it up with her. Interesting. Is that how you got into PGA Tour? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. But my family was a big golf family. My dad was just a golf fanatic. Okay. Uh, he was a decent player, but he did it more of as a hobby. And yeah. he, my dad would play golf as much as he could. He introduced it both to my brother and I when we were really young. Um, so how's your stroke? Uh, you know, I'm better than average. I mean, I don't get a chance to play a whole lot. I'm trying to introduce it to my kids now. So yeah, catch kinda... me at Laguna Golf Course. Yeah, I was going to say, let's, yeah. let's go to Laguna let's Golf go. Course. Let's get, get around nine hole. Yeah. I'll play with you guys anytime. It's actually 10 holes there. Uh -oh. they, like, it's the only golf course that has 10 holes. Yeah, so odd number. Yeah, it's wild. Well, what's funny is like, so I don't play a lot, and then every now and then I'll get invited to go play, and people don't realize that I do have some golfing background. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't claim to be a great golfer, but I can probably go shoot. But you like, got the gear. You I can shoot like <laughs> mid eight. I can shoot mid eighties, you know, on average, and sometimes, you know, in the nineties, but sometimes even get a little bit lower. But that's fairly good for someone that doesn't play golf. So people are always taken yeah. taken aback by that. Um, but yeah, I think that's something I keep. I I look at you guys. I'm like, I'll. I'll Probably like you guys are thinking, I'll just do it in Mulder. Like, yeah. So now I'm still able to surf. I'm still able to play soccer. I'm still able to do things. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm going to push golf back, push golf back. Yeah. That's I'll do it when I'm older. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so that PGA job you referenced, it was like the dream post-college job. You guys will love this. So I graduated from school. Um, didn't really – you know, I was a parks and rec major, so there's not a whole lot going on with that. Um, I did have a job for about a year and a half with the Boy Scouts of America, which is a totally different story. Were a, wait, and were you a Boy Scout? I was never a Boy Scout. No, <laughs> started, you started late. Started you were in their late. corporate office, right? I worked in the in their what they call the district office. So corporate was like in Texas somewhere outside of Dallas, and then there's districts all over the country. And so I worked for one of the districts in North Carolina, and I did it for a year, and I was good work experience, made a lot of contacts. But what, what does one do in the corporate office of Boy Scouts? <laughs> um, so our job was kind of threefold. We had did you like this? We did recruiting. So of, of Boy Scouts or of people? Boy Scouts. Okay. <laughs> so my job for about three months of the year, even though it's never Boy Scout, was to it's put like on the Boy Scout uniform, <laughs> go to the elementary schools. Just to fake it. <laughs> you I would run. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I was a uniform. I was still a, a, a volunteer. You still allowed to wear the uniform. It's not like a military um, badge. But I would do assemblies at the elementary schools in front of the, the kids and i would discuss the boy scouts i would tell them why they should join and then invite them to a a meeting or an interest meeting and we would try to recruit you know the boys to come and, and do boy scouts so that was uh it was interesting because again i i was not a boy scout but you know my day would entail of putting on the uniform 
going to 9 a.m. to whatever elementary school for the 930 assembly, putting on a 10 minute show and then passing out flyers and then following up on those. And my job was actually based on how many enrollments I could have, how many new new scout troops um, I could start, whether it was the Explorer program, which is a a different program or even Cub Scout pack. So we always want to do it like anything in this country. It's all about growing and getting bigger. It was like starting new Cub Scout packs. Mm -hmm. So then not only would I recruit the individual members, I would have to go to organizations, a lot of them with churches, be like, hey, I think your church would benefit from having a Cub Scout pack. Mm -hmm. And they'll tell me more. And then I would say, okay, well, the first thing we need to do is recruit some volunteers within your organization. And then it would start from there. Is Cub Scouts like young Boy Scouts? Yeah, Cub Scouts is essentially kindergarten through about fifth or sixth grade yeah, i never did i never did any of that me neither um, i'm so far removed from yeah. that but i think i think i grew up with parents though also where it was just going camping all the time yeah you know but it's community like some communities it's huge like some are like you know communities lacrosse is big or mm-hmm. you know water polo is big true and some organize or families excuse me cities or even families are big cub scouters they called scouters which mm-hmm. i wouldn't term i never had heard of before yeah. oh he's a scouter like that's actually a term that people would use um, but it was cool. Like I would meet, so that was part of the job. Another part of the job was fundraising, which, you know, just going and meeting with old scouters and, and talking about experiences and try to get them to contribute. And I met a lot of good people, um, and people, you know, doctors and, um, small business owners, even big business owners. I mean, there's a guy at car dealerships and they credited a lot of their success to being in the scout program. Mm-hmm. Ah. Um, and again, it was a different generation, um, but still, I, you guys probably knew kids that got their Eagle Scout, and it's Definitely. not something that's handed out. It My is, little cousin, Kate yeah. Creason, if you're out there, I know you're listening. He's an Eagle Scout. And yeah, it's earned. Something I've learned, too, is, well, one, super capable in the outdoors. Yeah. That, that man knows how to backpack. He knows how to be out there. But also, when you get down the line in business, Eagle Scouts watch out for each other. There's a really big, like, blood runs deep for that sort of thing. Definitely. I was do they, does Boy Scouts kind of have, like, a... Girl Scout cookies, but of Boy Scouts, because like that's right. You were they saying do. they do fundraising, but it's like the Girl Scouts. I think a lot of their fundraising comes from the Girl Scout cookies. Yeah, like, the Boy Scouts have popcorn. It's nearly not nearly mm-hmm. as successful as the cookies. Um, but what the Boy Scouts do, um, is fundraise just contribution wise, probably a little more than the Girl Scouts, I would think, because the cookies just dominate, yeah. just yeah. dominate, and they're getting creative too, but- like. The thing with that that confused me is it Girl Scouts? Do they own that cookie brand, or is that another company? Making the cookies, like, here you guys. Here's I mean, 30%. from what I understand, one of my friends in, in middle school was, his mom was, like, the, whatever, the area rep for cookies. And so they would ship her all the cookies for the area to be sold. And, like, Thousands so, of boxes. Yeah, his mom's garage, two-car garage, was filled top to bottom with every type of cookie. And he was, like, yeah, like... We get them at price, so like, just have at it. Like, you can get them for like two bucks a box or whatever. It wasn't two bucks a box, so it is five bucks a box now, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, but we would basically just chow on thin mints. Like, <laughs> no, mad. They're dangerous. I could, I could I hate... saw through an entire roll easy. I like Samoas. They oh. actually legality. They changed the names. Tagalongs now. Oh, okay. I yeah. like the tagalongs. Tagalongs good, but I just looked this up. So there's two companies that are certified to make Girl Scout cookies. And when there's a Girl Scout pack, they get to choose which company they go with to have their cookies. Oh, I wonder how much the cookie companies make. A lot, like, of, I wonder, money. Yeah. A lot of money. They're killing it. Buy some stock. They're probably going off right now. They're in, sitting at home. In the uh, <laughs> in San Jose, the like there's a Caliva, which is basically the like the weed dealership. 
and the <laughs> Girl Scouts, the Girl Scouts like post up outside. There's like photos all over it in any San Jose like oh like funny San Jose Genius. stuff. There's literally like two or three Girl Scout stands outside of each of these dispensaries <laughs> with like oh Venmo us. It's like very hip. They're really on the train. It's like yeah. oh like you're you're gonna be hungry. Like have some tagalongs. I'll do with any business if you're not doing Venmo. You're, you're, you're failing. You know, you're, like, you're missing a large part of your audience too. That's how they exchange money nowadays. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I remember when I was first coming on, like I used to, uh, pretty much when, cause that's how everyone like freshman year would just give around, uh, money was via Venmo. And I like didn't hold, I didn't have Venmo for the first year because then I couldn't pay people money. I was yeah. like, sorry, bro. I don't have Venmo. <laughs> yeah. I have a Venmo debit card. Like I'll literally like, I used to get money from my parents the debit card through Venmo. Venmo and I would literally pay with my Venmo debit card for everything. Like, I wouldn't even touch my bank debit card. Oh, it just comes through your Venmo account. Yeah, and you get, like, special deals at certain stores. Like, Lululemon had, like, a 10% off if you pay with the Venmo card thing. It was it was getting crazy. They were they were popping off. Honestly, I love my Venmo debit card. Did you know Venmo invests your money? That's how they make money? Yeah. I was wondering. I was, I was wondering what would happen if like, Venmo crashed? Ooh, <laughs> and my bummed. Venmo bank account of $3 went to $1. <laughs> yeah, I was – oh, yeah. I was check it right now. <laughs> I was in Europe and I couldn't pay anything. Like my one of my roommates was like, "Oh, I need you to pay me rent." And I was like, "I can't Venmo you that because I Venmo doesn't work in in Europe." Cheers. <laughs> Today we're drinking 805 locally sourced beer. Yeah, actually, what's your favorite beer? What's my favorite beer? Yeah. Well, when <laughs> when I was in college, the answer would be cold. <laughs> Fair. Relatable. <laughs> Very relatable. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I'm not a beer snob, but I uh, I prefer like a, like lighter beers, like lagers. Michelob um, mm-hmm. Ultra. Yeah, Michelob <laughs> Ultra. Uh, what have I been drinking lately since I've been home a lot? Yeah, quarantine. Yeah, no, nothing. I, I don't I don't definitely have a favorite beer that I'm always gonna go with. I do bounce around a little bit, but you always lighter beers. Mm-hmm. Um, Has it always been that way, or you kind of got there as your metabolism started slowing down? <laughs> no, probably always because I was was like a quantity, not quality guy in a lot yeah. of things. So it was like, oh, I can have five or six of these lighter beers as opposed to only a couple of heavy ones. That's, I'm realizing that I was telling Emerson about this earlier today of, you know, I've been drinking. I live with my dad right now. I've been drinking a lot of IPAs with him. They're starting to hang around. Yeah, they stick yeah, to the stomach. They really stick together. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start drinking some Coronas, switch it up a little bit, but. It's like a meal in a can. Seriously, they get like I was looking at a Coors banquet, like really heavy on the calories. Yeah. I was like, I think it's like 180 calories a can. I was like, oh, like back in my heyday. Think about you know, that. Yeah, do the math. Do the night. math. <laughs> I would have several. And I was like, oh, they're really catching up now. I couldn't do that today. What was your uh, cheap college beer at at Poly and um, at San Jose? Well, like Natural you, ice yeah. beer. Natural yeah, ice. Yeah, more, yeah but more got- alcohol per can. Yeah, it's good. I think it's what was it? Uh, we used to drink a lot of Pass Blue Ribbon. Ah, uh, PBR. Yeah, yes. I'm a big fan of that. That's also cheap too. Super. Rest in yeah. peace, slow brew. Oh, <laughs> I remember you guys took me there one night. Yeah, oh yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. Wow. The, Throwback. The boys. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we had a we had a good time. A great time. So how long AMFs. did slow brew last at the new location there? Dude, oh, they, they like they a made year. So much money. Though. They made. They made so much. Uh, money. They were like they made about fifty egregious with letting in underage people. It was just like one hiccup. It was just, or was it a constant so thing it, that it they got well, It was from like from what I understand people I know. It was basically yes, basically the bouncers thing. A lot of young bouncers. 
people were let in often. I knew a lot of people that could get in with fake IDs kind of thing. And then, but there was an incident where someone underage for some reason was handed a drink and then someone asked them about their... Yeah. No, no, they were straight up stung by ATF. ATF went in there and it was a full sting operation. They went in, stung them, and then were like, okay, maybe it was like just a one-time thing. Went and stung them again and were like, okay, you're getting shut down. Like... Man. Yeah, the first time was a warning and don't yeah. mess up again and they couldn't... They Literally, one up. of my friends, the night that happened... So he was in the bar. This guy was like messing with his best friend's girlfriend and ended up like pushing the guy and was like, you need to leave. Like you need to leave her alone. And the guy like leaves and comes back, punches him from behind and like messed up his face. He needed facial reconstruction surgery. And then basically the bar got stung the same night. Everyone was told to leave. And so he went back and they were like, we need to, we're going to, this family was like, we're going to sue this guy. So he has to pay for the medical bills for reconstructing your face. And Silverhood deleted all the footage because they were no longer a business. They had got rid of all the footage, and so he's like, "We have no footage of this happening, so you can't get can't Jeez. sue this guy." Yeah, it was kind Damn. of like that place was kind of a runaway train. Well, it was going Thursdays, oh, yeah. Fridays, Saturdays, packed, huh? insane. Easily making fifty thousand dollars a night. It was like, like the amount it was packed, packed in maximum capacity, people at the doors, even off of just covers twice i was there and the fire marshal came and told him they had to kick people out because there was too many people in the building yeah i was I, like okay right, you're killing it how's the carissa i've never been no. i've been there Me we and... went once for like a pre-game cocktail i've heard it's quite the bad the bougie yeah, yeah it's more aimed at like an adult crowd mature crowd it's nice to go there and play like pool they got it's they got good deals there it's not it's a, it's a different. You it's can't not, even compare the two. It's not, it's not two not, for ones. Yeah, exactly. It's two not AMFs a, and two Long Island iced teas for the price of. It's not that. It's not a cheap blackout. That's for sure. <laughs> but they got a good pool, and uh, the back patio is actually really nice. If you go there during the day, they don't do bottomless mimosas anymore. Sad. Rest <laughs> in peace. Have you ever done bottomless mimosas, James? I did with you guys at one time. <laughs> that oh. your first time. I, I didn't quite indulge like you guys did, but I was there. Sad. Well, I came in late to the game. I would think I'd. Uh, I don't know what was I doing. What was the occasion <laughs> of that? I I know what the occasion was. I had dropped off my daughter to like walk around downtown with some of her friends, and I brought I my laptop now. just to go kill a couple hours. And Ooh. I said, I'll go to Creaky and watch some sports and work on my do some like work. And then two of you in there with some friends, <laughs> bottomless mimosas, and then I had quite I had a few. And so I didn't get any work done, needless to say. Several. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was. But then I, someone I, lost their uh, debit card that night, that day. Uh, was it you, Emerson? Jake, that was Jake. Jake, Jake lost oh. his debit card. Yeah. Uh, Jelly ended up taking it home on accident. But Jelly also took your hat. And yeah, some girl took my hat. I can still get that back. That's I, okay. <laughs> I can't believe that was so sweaty and nasty hat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. That but, is uh, wild. I didn't even know that Creaky did bottles mimosas because we start we like went downtown late. Like in the morning, kind of thing to go look, and it was for some reason, maybe a holiday, maybe whatever. No, for it was some the reason. first day back from break, okay. the first weekend so back from it. break. So that's why it was, everyone was downtown. It was packed everywhere. So everywhere we went to, yeah. went to Charlie's first, then we went to Libertine, and then we went to Blast, and every place had nothing. And we're like, so we call Creaky, we're like, and like, yeah, we do bottomless. Yeah. And we're like, really? Like, do you serve breakfast food? No. <laughs> Some people got wings while we were eating, doing bottles of at like 10 a.m. We're like, that's wrong, but all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bottles of mimosas. I mean, I highly recommend next time your your friends are in town, all right. go do some good bottles. And send it. Like, get into the spirit of like finding the bottom. There's nothing better Bye. than orange <laughs> juice and mimosa. You get the vitamin C, the sugar rush. Mimosa is delicious too. But be ready. 
when three o'clock come around, you go down. Yeah, you go yeah to it's sleep. nap time. Yeah. Sleep. <laughs> Speaking of hangovers, getting older, like I was like, oh, oh I used to be invincible with hangovers. Now invincible. Oh my god! Like <laughs> I literally been hungover for days at a time. Like this is horrible. Days. Why am I? Why no, am I seriously. doing this? <laughs> like it makes sense though now, where it's like, oh, I get it. You're an adult now. You can't possibly do this. If you want to actually do something with your life. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't walk around with a migraine every day. No, it's it's brutal. You can try to be a weekend warrior, but you're just not building up the tolerance yeah. to feel your Monday, handle it. Your Monday and Tuesday, yeah. gone. Yeah. Especially if you do bottomless on a Sunday. Well, see, the trick was, in my younger days, the Sunday morning or day drinking was good as long as you would pass out or go to bed early, three or four, because mm-hmm. you would wake up pretty refreshed on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's the 2, 3 a.m., calls because once you do become adult now you guys have jobs you're still waking up at eight or nine in the morning yeah and you know this is not enough sleep to sleep off the hangover that's also too i realize sleep has become so much more important in my life like freshman year sophomore year i didn't know how to take care of myself sleep wise you also didn't need to as much i feel like yes no i had some days supplement on caffeine a lot you know and that was like when i learned what coffee was i guess because i was like Going to like my classes, I never really been like a Starbucks dude, and then I had like a Polycard, and I'd go to class, and I got a coffee once, and I was in class, and I was really tired, and I started drinking. I was like, "Wait, I'm awake and I'm not tired anymore. This is what you guys have been doing." <laughs> yeah. And then that started some danger zone of like, oh, so I don't need to sleep that much. The lifeblood of uh, America. But coffee. yeah, and so like it was, I had to back. I mean, coming to now, it's like I was getting a lot. I was getting sick. You know, like it would, it would come around where like if the sickness was coming around, I couldn't fight it. And but now I'm back and now I'm sleeping a lot. But there was definitely a time when I was younger where it's like I could go and sleep three or four hours a night for like five or six days before I'd really crash. Now it's like I don't sleep at least eight hours mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of days. Like I'm bummed. Can like, you guys still I'm... sleep in? Like, can you sleep into like noon, like back in the college days? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dude, honestly, that's not that's a never, for me. I've never been someone who sleeps in. I'm a huge I just, sleeper. Like, I'm not someone. Who, I like I, if I can. I like to wake up early during my weeks. I was more like you, Emerson. I'm always impressed with high schoolers or even college students that wake up early. I'm like, how and more so why? <laughs> I don't know yeah. if it's a genetic thing or a like a diet thing or mm-hmm. some something about their body. Because like for me, it's like if I don't set an alarm. I yeah. don't care what time I'm going to bed. I'm sleeping for 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, guaranteed. Yeah, like, oh, that sounds so nice. It's amazing. I love it. At the same time, I hate it because it's like half my day is gone. It's like, I don't yeah. want to do this. That's, that's the thing that yeah. keeps me from doing it. Is that, Especially that, in the winter. Like, you wake up at noon and it gets dark at like 4.30. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's, like, oh. it's like, oh my God. <laughs> I just wasted my entire day asleep. But then it's like, right now it's quarantine time. I'm like, yeah, am true. I wasting my day or am I just <laughs> shortening what did, quarantine? What did I have to do? <laughs> That's, that's a good question. Like, what do I have to do today? Uh, nothing. It's I like guess a, I can do first something. First time ever you're told to be lazy, stay yeah. home, sit on the couch. And now people who want to be lazy because they're at work all day can't find that they just can't be lazy. My parents, yeah. incapable of being lazy. Like, yeah. literally, they, they come home and they're like, they came home from something. They were at their friends visiting, like, for a weekend. She just had surgery. And they came home, and I kid you not, they hadn't even walked in the door before I heard the drill go off. I was like, how are you working on something yeah. and you haven't even come inside? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I can see myself growing in that direction of where nowadays, like, I like to do stuff now. Like, I always like to be working on something, whether it's like, I mean, this podcast has been a fun thing to do, whether I'm working, going surfing, working out, go to sleep, get up. It's like, if I sit and just sit there, yeah, I just, I just kind of like, or if, 
the worst thing is like on my phone on like social media or something like that. Oh. I call it like the dirt state. I'm literally sitting there and I Time feel suck. disgusting. I'm like, like you don't go on Instagram. Like I'm gonna look at three photos. Mm-mm. It's I'm gonna go on there. They're and just, an hour later. Just veg. Uh, you literally just veg on there. I like this. I liked it. Like what am I doing? <laughs> Do you think you could uh, ever give up Instagram? Yeah, I did. I, I, I did it for four months. I deleted all my social <laughs> media for four months, and I literally had never been more productive. I read. I started reading again. And what happened? Crazy. Amazing. Honestly, but why'd you go back? Honestly, in. it was it was crazy. But in a certain way, you cannot stay socially relevant without it. Like Try if you to stay relevant. I mean, and, and but not necessarily socially relevant. But I mean, like you miss out on so much, and people are like like why didn't you come to this? And it's like that's how I Facebook. sent you something on Instagram <laughs> or with Facebook, Snapchat. Facebook I've seen is a lot more for like generating groups and organizations of people do this. Yeah. People are like yeah, like, like why didn't you go to my birthday? Why didn't you invite me? I did invite you on Facebook. I'm like, dude, I don't go on Facebook. Yeah. Um, but with that question of you're saying like, could you give it up totally? But also with, it's an amazing tool. If you use it right. I mean, you can go and reach infinite amount of people if you like are persistently posting. And it's kind of like nowadays that's what people are doing. Well, from a business standpoint, I can see its importance, but from a social standpoint, you're like, Oh, I have nothing going on. Let me just see what my phone is. And you're going to swipe through for a few minutes. And next thing you know, you're going down the rabbit hole Yeah. and it makes you feel bad. You just said so. Mm -hmm. We did notice you have zero online preference. Yeah. We tried Googling you up, trying to find some dirt. We had had to text your wife. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She did say that you guys contacted her. Yeah. Keep a low profile. She said that you have one tattoo, and she's kind of sad that your only tattoo is your fraternity tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd be happy to get another one if it would appease her. Yeah, me and my buddy, uh, two of my buddies, right after we, we got initiated, we went in uh, – we, we, we were in, in – I went to school in Norfolk, Virginia. That's actually where I started uh-huh. at Old Dominion University, which is a huge naval town. Okay, that's what I said. It's a huge naval mm-hmm. town. So obviously there's tattoo shops everywhere. Mm-hmm. But being the naive 18-year-old we were, we were just like, hey, let's go get these tattoos. And I was like, I think I saw one, like, and this is like an hour, like, in the middle of nowhere in some country podunk town in Smithfield, Virginia. I'm like, Suspect. yeah, we can drive there. So we go there and we get just tat- tattoos. And now looking back, it's like, I mean, there must have been thousands of tattoo parlors all around Norfolk, but we just didn't think about it or... Maybe we did, but we were in the right state of mind to, to think about it. Yeah, that's my only tattoo. Um, I never really even thought about it having another one, or but I'm not opposed to it. It's, it's the brotherhood. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy because like right now, Greek life under mad attack. Like yeah, I, I super sense that. under attack. But I think that's also along the lines of social media. For the first yeah. time ever, people are reporting this. <sighs> yeah, and now everyone's seeing it. It's, it's like oh, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah. What was your? You have. Oh god! Great Greek life experience. Was it was it typical? Yeah, it was pretty interesting. Uh, so I started college at Old Dominion University, and I'll say I lasted five semesters before uh, my lifestyle got the best of me, and I had to transfer. But in those first two and a half years, I was at Old Dominion. I pledged, and I was initiated into Pi Kappa Five University or Pi Kappa Five fraternity, and it was it was awesome. Like the guys in the fraternity were great. I met so many new people. Um, just it gave you a really interesting social life. Like the, I loved the the mixers with the sororities, the formals, the semi formals, mm-hmm. the dressing up. It was kind all of the, a, all the events. The events. It was it yeah. was it was cool. And you know, Virginia is is considered the, the South, and it still had this culture to it as well that I, that I enjoyed. Um, but yeah, we uh, we definitely partied quite a bit. But what was cool is when I transferred colleges, 
I had no intention of kind of reassociating with it. And just one day I was wearing my fraternity shirt. Where did you transfer to? Uh, University of North Carolina, Greensboro. Okay. Oh, I I a, my from. cousin goes there. Uh, UNCG. Yeah, he studies yeah. music. Oh, it's got a fantastic music program. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was walking to campus one day. I didn't even know I had a shirt on, and some this big dude is like, "Hey," and I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Get over here! You can't be wearing that shirt." And I was like, "It's cool. I'm a brother, just from a different chapter. I go to school here now." And he was couldn't have been nicer and invited me to like, you know, an event. And then I actually got involved with that chapter, and that chapter was probably more in line with the spirit of a fraternity and mm-hmm. giving back to the community. And yes, there were social aspects, but they were, they were more, I think the original intention of what Greek life is, is intended yeah. to do. Um, and that was a really good experience for me. Um, so I, I, I enjoyed, it. I don't regret it. One of it. In fact, my first internship when I was still in college was with my fraternity's national office, which was in Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, which so I got to spend a semester living in Charlotte um, and working at the national office and just kind of seeing how it runs. But I do sense it is under attack now in, in, mm-hmm. our, in our nation. And, and, and honestly, there's probably stuff going on that doesn't shouldn't be happening, but it is. And as people are getting called out for it. But the fact that when I was in school, there was no no one had yeah. a cell phone camera and yeah. the shit that I had to do. Um, I, mean, I saw some kid at Kyle Poly got they got in trouble for doing push ups. I mean, <laughs> Mm, maybe yeah. there's more to the story you know that's true not... cal poly though is, cal poly is anti anti yeah. yeah they're cracking down hard anti yeah. i mean i wore pantyhose and a diaper and i had to run around <laughs> campus at two in the morning screaming certain things but it's, you know adorable. it's just what we did and you look yeah. back and it was fun it's... i wish they had cell phone cameras <laughs> i mean people would line up to watch us do this too <laughs> was it like it was secret that is great <laughs> serious question you have two daughters would you recommend they join sororities Ooh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I see there's a lot of benefit to it. You mentioned earlier about the Eagle Scouts, like they take care of each other. Mm-hmm. I remember when I did graduate and I was looking for a job at the National My Fraternity's Office. We had a book thick, you know, as could be, and it had every single alumni listed, every single job they had, every city. So you could search it, be like, eh, I want to move to this city, and you know, I was, I'm an attorney, or I want to get into law, and you find connection there and i actually did that i called some people said hey i'm a brother from this chapter i see that you have this type of business um i'm interested and people would open a lot of doors for you so i think in that aspect it's great um and it does give you a good intro to certain type of leadership roles that you can take in the community Mm -hmm. um whether you're president of the sorority or fraternity there's also other roles from treasurer to like social chair and that sounds silly but you know you're still yeah i mean it's good work experience learning how to coordinate people absolutely and then number one skill you can do and the, the, the thing with my fraternity that was great, we had a, our own philanthropy, which was called Push America. And um, it was a... Making people do push-ups. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Push stood for people understanding the severely handicapped. It's changed its name now, but essentially we sponsored a bike ride across the country and riders would get pledges. Um, and it went all to um, building accessibility ramps and playgrounds for special needs children. Mm-hmm. And again, I didn't understand that when I was a freshman and a sophomore in college. Mm-hmm. But as I grew and now I see it now, it's like it was just a fantastic thing to be a part of. And I think sororities have those. And, you know, it, it can introduce you to a lot of philanthropy and, and community work. So, yeah, I would not discourage them from doing that. Plus, I know there's some pretty killer like father daughter um, events oh, yeah. at sororities that I would partake in. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. I guess that. It seems like you've had a lot of uh, work experience going through, I guess, 
organizations of dealing with younger people. You know, I mean, even look at you now, like coaching at San Luis Obispo High School. Yeah, and it, you know, I am. I'm also a teacher. Mm-hmm. I'm a credential teacher. So, and and how I ended up as a teacher, is probably because I always had an affinity to to working with children, and and it, and I don't see how it can't come easy to people. Like it comes easy to me. I like I've always enjoyed working mm-hmm. with young people, and and it keeps me young. It it keeps me, you know, invigorated and wanting to to you know i'd say it's give back you super young you're Very. the youngest person i know <laughs> like i think i've i've admire you a lot in that way of how you've been able to hold your youth well, um, you. i mean no, you're seriously. hanging we out with us earlier. here right now yeah yeah and, um, and, it, and it's it's probably why i do it because i and nothing i love more than seeing kids i used to work with as you know a coach or a teacher and then see them being young adults or now working in the community and giving back like that that gives me such a sense of accomplishment and makes gives me pride that it's like i i'm happy with the choices i made and to go into the field that i that that i did um i hear from students that i taught years ago um when i lived in orange county you know i'll still get a random email here and there and it's you know these kids are now they're not kids anymore they're probably 25 30 years old and it's like wow so yeah it, it's it comes easy to me, but I don't see why it shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed working with kids, and I also have a skill that that soccer was a big part of my life as well. And I'm able to to be um, to coach and and teach people the game. So where I'm what I'm lacking because I teach online now. What I'm lacking in that interaction with kids, I get that from coaching at the local high school. So that that means a lot to me, and it means a lot to hear that from a former player to to yeah. say that it was it was a good. I mean, Good experience. my my favorite season I ever had was under you. Yeah, thank I think you. It was just such a fun season and a successful season, you know? That is something I always wanted to ask, like, a coach. Like, how do you balance someone who's been on the team for three years who's, like, up for a starting position or up for, like, a position? Yeah. And you have someone new come in who's maybe more talented but hasn't been on the team and hasn't put in the work with the team. Like, how do you, you know, how do you, like, make that call? I mean, it it's definitely – it's tough. Some of it's instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, and – I can only speak from such a small high school perspective. It's not big, but but we're with the players as a coach every single day, not just at the games. A lot of you know fans or whatever only only seeing these players at the game on game day, but we're with them five days a week or six days a week. Um, so you start seeing the nuances, mm-hmm. and you can pick those little things out that are going to benefit your team um, when the game day does come. And it's those things you can point out to those players that. Or exp- oh, it's my third year. I should be I should be playing, you know. And it's like, well, let's sit back and look at look at the training. And you just you're not there. This this kid or this other player is doing these little things that is is giving us success. So it, it, it's not easy. But I will say a lot of it is just for me. It's experience. I've been coaching for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's instinct. But also, I have a certain thing that I I look for in a player. And if the kid has it, the kid has it, and he's he's going to get the opportunity. Yeah, totally. I think you guys also have developed a pretty solid program. Yeah, I think I think saying that you coming in, if you're going to be a soccer player, you're going to have to work. It's not yeah. nothing's given to you. Um, I think one of the first rules that that I put in was please don't wear any soccer club stuff to tryouts. And I shouldn't have. It's a no brainer. Like I remember my first day of tryouts, half the kids are wearing whatever the local soccer club shirts were. Eagles and, or yeah, another. Yeah cap is just wearing like hurley shirts and it's like obviously there's a division here and it's like that's not what i want to see i just i'm looking and trying to look at everybody from a uh, equal perspective Yeah, strip it back 
I, I, that's what I love about this community is if we have kids that or in any sport that are fantastic athletes, they're um, great in any sport and they don't pursue it year round. And, and those are the kids that I like giving a shot on our, on our program because it's, it's, they can play as just as good as anyone else. Like when you're saying expecting a younger kid now that can actually have some amazing abilities. The fact that people can isolate themselves with their media of, if I just want to see someone doing really cool soccer tricks, juggling, hitting off the crossbar, like yeah. you could watch that 24 seven and get those mental reps in yeah. and like isolate your in and get a pose of someone 10 years ago could only get 10% of that just by playing. Yeah. You didn't even know what, what was capable, you know, years ago yeah. because you didn't see what people were doing. You had to hear about it or, um, you know, get a VHS and put it in. Like I just rediscovered that, uh, Amazon prime, has all the old World Cup videos, and I kind of remember really? some of those as a kid watching those. Like, oh man, I like. Do you see that goal? That that trick that guy did, or the goal he scored? But now mm -hmm. that's just just everywhere to see. Interesting. Yeah. How'd you uh, get the gig at a Slow High for being soccer coach? Um, well, somewhat lucky because, and this is something I'm I'm proud of is is when I started coaching um, years and years ago. I started, I started coaching club in Orange County. Um, and I could not find a high school coaching job in Orange County. And I always thought it was, and it could have been because I was younger. I was probably late twenties and it just wasn't the age that, that they, they would hire a soccer coach. And I just kind of just grounded. I was just in the grind. I was coaching. I was learning. I was, you know, trying to affiliate myself with, with good coaches. Um, so I taught for our coach for a few clubs in Orange County and, I did coach a JV team in Orange County for Mission Viejo High School, you know, as a resume builder. And then we, we moved here to Slow like 12 years ago now. Um, the decision my wife and I made is that I would essentially stay at home with the kids and get them to preschool and and be their main provider while she, and she would go to work. I needed something. And I asked if I – asked, I said that I'm going to find a place to coach, and I just couldn't find a coaching job. Um and I actually coached, and probably no one really knows this, but I was the Atascadero uh, JV girls coach for three years. Wow, the, the I didn't know that at all. Yeah, because that was the the job that was available, and the AD there gave me the gave me the opportunity to do that. And and like anything, you, if you're gonna do it, you got to do it right. And I mm -hmm. went went there, and I drove every day up the grade to the high school, and I coached the JV team, and we had two of the three years that were very successful, in my opinion. Um, and then. So uh, that kind of gave my name in, in the soccer community, if you will. And then when the job opened up at Slow, I actually interviewed for the Slow job the year before I got it because my predecessor was there only one year. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know, I interviewed for it, and I, mean, I got the job. That's how it happened. Yeah, that's, that's what – it's good because, like, I only got a very – I was – you know, I was playing water polo. It was a totally different sport, but I'd come to—I came to every single game. I don't think I missed one game. Like I even went to some of the away games. Um, and it was interesting to see because you have an assistant coach, I think, still Pat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was interesting to see the style of coaching difference because I was also, you know, team manager for a hot minute. Um, <laughs> and uh, like the style of coaching, like you were a lot more laid back. Like you I seemed thought, to enjoy I thought, like, yeah, being more. a part of the team. I thought it, your guys' duo is awesome. Yeah, and we talk about it, and it's. So it was funny is Pat also interviewed for the job and I think 
the people that hired us had a hard time making a decision between the two of us, and they made the smart decision to hire both of us. Not um, like O'Connor, those uh, yeah, principal and athletic director. So I, you know, Pat's technically the assistant coach, but I don't view him as the assistant coach. Everything we do is fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably run the the trainings more than he does, and he's probably more vocal in the games than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just you know our personality difference there, but it works, and and we we do play good cop, bad cop sometimes. And I'll, you know, make that phone call to him be like, Hey, I, I'm going to be the bad cop today. I'm going to had a shitty day. Let me, let me, <laughs> no let me be the bad cop. And he's like, all right, all right. And I'll say, Behind hey. the scenes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. As a coach, I'm going to say, Hey, I'm going to really get on this kid because he needs his, you know, he needs, he needs to hear it for me. And then you build him, then you build him up after I break him down and things like that. That is uh, wild to see that behind the scenes. Cause my water pool experience in college has been very similar. Like I have a coach, my head coach is super laid back, and we had an assistant coach who was a lot more, like, technical, a lot more, like, you know, give you the straight-up criticism. Yeah. And uh, it's always super interesting to see, like, you'll see one of them break you down, and, like, the other one clearly has some inside information that this yeah. is going to happen <laughs> and comes right to you and is like, hey, like, this just happened. Like, it's okay, though, you know? Like, here to build you back yeah, up. Like being a coach, is that is that is that a lot of oh, the absolutely. dynamics of being a coach is – kind of psych plan a psychological warfare of like we need to tell it to him now but you're gonna go and sweep him and pick him back up or is it like yeah i i say yes because i'm also consider myself a professional coach if you will like i i mm-hmm. read about it i go to clinics and i i study the process and not just soccer but just coaching in general and, and leadership so I, I i see there's reasons behind a lot of those things that coaches do and, and i'll do it as well um I think that was a question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's done tactfully as a coach, and mm-hmm. everything is done with 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 an end result in mind. What would you say are some of the vital traits of being a coach? Um. Well, it, it probably depends on your age group as well. Like if when I would coach really young kids and you know eight, nine, ten year old, it has to be different. And I'm sure as a professional coach or even college coach, it's different than high school coach. But. I see. My, I I think being a teacher more than a coach is the most important thing, and I'm not just talking about being a teacher at at the school, but just teaching life lessons in general, and and being there for the for the for the player or for the student athlete, and not just the realm on the on the field again. Gotcha, it's for the like, greater good of correct. Life. It's like, hey, I'm developing young men here. We want to once they come out of our program or our high school, and that's the philosophy of our high school. It's like we want to create good members of the community, and I think that's the most important thing. Is is like. You know, we talk about those things. It's, you know, be respectful, you know, be a role model myself. I think that's vital is that you have to be a role model. You have to practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. So I try to do that as well. Um, so and you just, you, you have to, with these kids, show them you care. Like, you know, I'm not just punching a clock when I go there. I, I'm going to put my arm around them. I ask them how their day was. And, and I care. And I follow up with a phone call and, and I, I'm, we're on quarantine now. I know a lot of these kids are lo- losing out their last trimester of their senior year, but uh, I'll text them. I'll send them a video of me juggling a ball and ask them to do the same and send it back to me. So, you know, that I think caring is it sounds stupid, but you just have you have to care. No, no that's, I, that's not stupid at all. The best coaches I've ever had are the ones that care the most. I was going like, to say, I still even feel that from you now. I mean, you'll shoot me a text every now and then, like, how's yeah. it going? Like, let's go catch a surf or something, you yeah. know? I guess that means a lot of, I guess you started as my coach now, but now you're truly, like, my friend now. Yeah. And I, I think I've used that too. It's like these these players that I have or these students I have, I would like them to be, you know, friends one day as well. So I'm gonna, you know, develop that relationship and try to keep it. 
because you guys were such a part of my life for so long that I, you know, I want to, I can't, I couldn't imagine not having these kids, um, as they grow up. Like I, I, I love seeing that. Like I like I said earlier, like that's gives me purpose. It's like, yeah. you know, I'm leaving somewhat of a legacy and my high school coach, I can, I picture his face and, you know, this is 25 years ago, but I mean longer, but that meant a lot to me, what he did for me. And I can just, and it wasn't like he did anything, but just being, being a, being a soccer coach and being a, a nice guy. And, and that's like a good, big influence in my life. So to, I'm part of his legacy and I'm hoping I'm giving you guys are, are part of my legacy here. Yeah. I think that's a vast thing going on with coaching for me. Same thing you said, all of my, my goalie coaches and soccer coaches that I've had, I can remember them directly and remember what they taught me as growing up in the sport, everything, how to hold yourself. And even like through that, I mean, that's kind of why we started this podcast. So many people I've met here that have helped me so much. Just yeah. Bringing them on and just like all these people in this town care. Yeah. It's, it's un, like, it's huge. Honestly, having a coach that really cares. Cause I've had some terrible coaches <laughs> and it's like, but the thing is like, I don't even me really too. remember them. Yeah. It's like when I think of like, it's like, Oh, when I was learning water polo, I don't think about the bad coaches at all. I'm like, Oh, this coach made an impact. This coach made an impact. I learned this from this person. I didn't learn anything from those bad coaches. Like they could teach me the greatest skill ever. And because they were so bad, I may not remember at all. But you could say the same thing about teachers. Like who was your 11th grade English teacher? It's like, I don't remember. They weren't a very good teacher, but Mm -hmm. do you remember my 10th grade science teacher? We did that crazy experiment or he taught us that and the way he taught or the way she mentioned that topic is like i remember some of my high school teachers i don't remember a lot of them but i remember the ones that put a big influence on my life and i think that's something that coaches should be doing as well absolutely i think it's crazy too how a person can really shift either your paradigm the way you look at life or shift where you want to be going in life just by seeing a role model before you and seeing what they've done honestly shout out to mr ross because I was. I want to have him on the pod. He's, seriously, he'll totally like, do it. He, yeah. Like I had no thought at all about going into business or anything, and then I took his economics class. And while I'm not an economics major now, I realized I was like, what did I really enjoy? And I was like, I really enjoyed his economics class, and I learned a lot. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun. And then I took some economic courses at Questa after my gap year. And then I started taking accounting, and I was like, I would never have segued to this without him. Absolutely. Oh, he, like, he's, he's brilliant. He's a smart guy. Like, even my little sister, she went to econ because of him. I got ordained in his class. I can marry people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Only man. you or everyone in the class? Uh, well, just me. I, well, I did it. He was like, yo, I'll give you whatever, like, extra credit points if you sign up for uh, World Life Church. And I married my older brother and his wife. No way. My name is on the documents. That's wild. I didn't know that. That's sick. Yeah. yeah, so shout out Mr. Ross. Absolutely. You guys should shoot him an email and just say, hey, Mr. Ross, just thinking about you. Like, that that, good, that means a ton to a teacher. Mm-hmm. And I even know, too, like, I mean, one, brilliant, because I'd love to talk about, like, investing in, you know, all out of coming out of going, not going to say the word, I'll say the word, like a recession, because I know he yeah. propagated off the last recession a lot, because he was on Wall Street and everything, and... But I know he grew a lot off that, and I think it'd be cool to come on and just some financial economic wisdom on what's yeah. going on right now. He's a big soccer fan too. Mm-hmm. He go he goes or he has been to World Cups like that's his summer travel. Well, he was at the South Africa World Cup, and he was always telling us about it. Um, and he was a he was a hurdler for Cal. Yeah, he was a mm-hmm. track athlete. He yeah. beat Marshawn Lynch in yeah, race. Mar- Is that right? Yeah, yeah. that's a claim to fame. That was super cool. Yeah. And that's what's great about this town too. Is like we can talk about Greg. 
and his, you know, ability, like he was a great athlete and now he's a coach as well. And this town is loaded of people like him and everybody's giving back. Like there are a couple other track coaches that, that ran division one and they're giving back. And I, I think that's what makes this community so special. And especially at our high schools, we have so many good coaches that are able to instill that knowledge and, and leave it here for, for others. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, we'll hit them up teaching, teaching from home. Yeah. How's that going for you? I mean, I guess things haven't changed for you. Yeah. My school is not really, uh, hasn't changed too much. I've, I've worked for this online school for like six years now. So it's online high school. So nothing's changing for us, but I know teachers at the slow high are having to adjust. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine what would, what would that be? Did you guys ever take, you took an online class last semester or last trimester. I've taken well, a, a fan. I've taken a bunch of online classes. It's tough. I but it also wasn't like a Zoom lecture kind of deal. It was mm-hmm. like, here's the reading, do the reading, do a blog post, post again, comment on someone else's yeah. post, comment on their post, post again. And it was just like, my phone is blown up with notifications. But I do understand for people it could be nice because you can stay home and do whatever at your own pace. Yeah. But people who are procrastinators and not on their stuff and not disciplined to do it, I could see this being a nightmare for a lot of them. I mean, that's the first thing you learn is when I got my teacher credential is there's different types of learners, right? So for mm-hmm. some people, yes, it will work and they will be successful, but it doesn't work for everyone. People need to face one-on-one with the teacher and see that. So yeah, some people will do fine and some people will struggle with it. Yeah. And the Mr. Bristol, Mr. Bristol's once come on too. I was talking to him um, and I think he'd be a fun person to have on and talk about. Oh, he looks Mr. like he's Bristol. been going crazy on uh working from home. Cause I know he's very much a person who likes to be with like the students yeah. and he's very much like, Someone also who, like, when I think of teachers, he was one of the people who, like, math, I get it because of you, because of your charisma. Uh-huh. Seriously, he was, I mean, apart from being the one that sent me to the office for having a concussion, <laughs> he was, he was no joke, my favorite teacher at Slow High, I think. I, I mean, in sort of the actual curriculum classes that I was required to take, but uh-huh. I think he was one of my favorite teachers. I mean, he wasn't, like, my auto shop teacher, Mr. Lemkule. Loved Mr. Lemkule. <laughs> loved auto. Mm-hmm. But like my actual curriculum teachers, Mr. Bristol, so influential. I like it was. I hated math before him. Now, business student, accounting, math all the time. Big math I love guy. It. Yeah, big math guy. Big math Huge guy. math guy. But no, it's it's super fun. Yeah, that's also crazy thinking back on that though. Of like who taught you math and from where I've gone with math now, like I can do math better than I can write my name. <laughs> you know, my English skills have not gotten better since high school. I'm still waiting for someone to teach me math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. A lot of teachers influenced me. I mean, if you think about it, I've been under teachers pretty much my entire life until just these last four weeks, and it feels good. Yeah, I wonder if the quarantine's gonna um, allow parents to even think or realize how more valuable teachers are, you know, because they're at home and seeing it, what their kids deal with every single day now. It's like, oh, all right, the teachers are working hard. Maybe they do deserve to be paid a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think it's bringing a lot of, I think, I'm probably bringing families close together a little bit. But also, making some families deal with some stuff. Yeah, def- yeah. I, I mean, I, and I heard you mention it in the your first podcast, which I did listen to about you know it's an opportunity for families to get together, and you're having dinner now every single night, and and we're doing the same in my household, which we rarely do because we're always shuffling around from soccer practice or this and that. But it's not all roses at home either. It, it's mm-hmm. it's challenging, and it, it's it's definitely um, bringing out the worst in some people. I, I, my house has been pretty good, but I, I'm mm-hmm. hearing stories. It's like, yeah, I've got toddlers at home and, and, you know, I'm used to having daycare or they're going to, you know, to preschool for a couple hours a day. And that's not the case anymore. And 
you know, what's the joke? It's like, oh, the divorce rate's going to go through the roof now. That's what they said in China. I think China, once they finally lifted the quarantine, there was a crazy number of divorces. Now now would be the time to change your your practice of law from, you know, accounting law to marital law. No, it's it's interesting because, like, right there. (laughs) Like, it goes from being like, oh, we see each other every day. For like you know every night every morning and sometimes throughout the day it's like now we see each other twenty four seven like yeah. there's no distance despite social distancing but there's literally no distance like oh it's like if there's something that you don't like about the person it's like they're gonna know because mm-hmm. like, there's no way to like Check hide or get away from it. I think it. that's kind of the good part of it of it's such an easy excuse to be I'm so busy I can't deal with this right now yeah but now it's like yo we're here I get that Let's text every single it. day somebody's like hey Facetime me Zoom me I'm like ah, I can't right now it's I, I'm it means I don't want to is what I'm trying yeah. to say. It is it is absolutely Ooh. wild how much stuff it forces you to deal with. Yeah, and I mean, at least for me with my family, I think it's been it's been good. You know, it's everyone's it's like it's like you were in high school again. Have you heard of people like quarantined together? It was like, "Hey, let's get 3 or 4 people together and and we'll just go and stay at this one place and we'll just quarantine." I think that's going to that's starting to become more of a thing because there was the spring breaks for all the colleges. Yeah. And like here in San Luis Obispo, college kids are starting to come back. Most of them are staying home, but some are starting to come back. And I think that's almost something that could be kind of risky for I guess the cases we have here cuz they're going to be the people who aren't really going to care. Yeah. And it's pretty much they're just going to be going on maybe partying, hanging out with each other and everything cuz guess what? You don't have to go to class. Yeah. You know, and but on the other side, maybe it won't affect it too much because there's nowhere for them to go to connect with the community. They're just going to be among each other. Yeah, that is interesting. It's, it's crazy because, like, I mean, now is the time. It's like if you weren't doing going outside and doing something, it's like now you're going to go outside and you're going to find that you're going to do something because you're so bored. Yeah. It's like only at a certain point. It's like I've watched X amount of hours of Netflix too much. I crushed Tiger King down and out. <laughs> but it's like now it's like, oh, you want to go outside. Like today we went surfing. If I hadn't gone outside this morning and surfed, I would be going insane. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why San Luis Obispo is probably the best place to be quarantined. By far. Imagine if you were in deep L.A. Yeah. You have nowhere to go. You're just hanging out. Not to mention the population density is a lot more severe. And you can't go to the beach there. Here, you will I, get arrested. I look out this window right now, and I see... Hills I can go walk around in open yeah. spaces, and Our, we have a loose quarantine, if you if you will. Yeah. Like imagine yeah. even in like New York, you're in a high rise, 20, 30 story building, and you wow. start walking towards the elevator to like go for a walk, and someone else is already in the elevator. That how long is that elevator gonna take? Because every single floor, you better get on the stairs. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, like, isn't New York pretty much one of the worst places? The hot, it is the hot yeah. spot of the United States right now. There in Louisiana, because I found out Louisiana and uh, New Orleans still did Mardi Gras. Regardless, they they sent it, and they had, like, a massive outbreak. Bummed. Super bummed. I mean, I I hope it doesn't get to that point here, but it's kind of one of those things that's almost naive to say it's not going to. Like, flattening the curve is all about spreading it out. But the thing is with that is flatten the curve, and you're spreading it out. Okay, cool. We reduced it down to 10 cases. Everyone go back to your normal life. It's going to spike up again. If you haven't gotten yeah. it, it's back. So that's like the thing. I know they've been talking about having uh, community immunity, right? Where basically it's like everyone has to get it. Lock up the people who are really susceptible to it. Lock them in a room. Give them food. Give them Netflix. 
Everyone go outside. Everyone get it. Give them Joe Exotic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we, we did a good job of avoiding a pandemic talk this entire time. Yeah. But you, I did power through Tiger King. I didn't really get it either. That was insane. It was insane. But that's middle America. I think you Californian oh. kids miss out on middle America. That stuff's out there. When I went on my gap year, like... Oh, I, you went I, to Tennessee. I remember I, that. You I saw, saw that. Tennessee. I saw Alabama, Georgia, <laughs> Florida, Louisiana, all those. I drove very briefly through Oklahoma and like Kansas, Missouri, all those states. And I was like, oh, like... Now I want to see how a, Trump won. <laughs> it's a different lifestyle. Really? It's like one time I... I've never been to the South ever. I, if This is the opposite of the South. I went to Montana and back then I'd just come from a summer of surfing with Braden all the time. So my hair was super blonde. I was tan and I'd gotten to Montana and I stopped at a Starbucks because I had, it was super early in the morning. I had to be somewhere. I'd be in Bozeman like to beautiful meet someone. Bozeman. Yeah, super beautiful. And I stopped in a coffee shop. No one else is in the Starbucks. I'm sitting there and like there's like these two older ladies and this guy like behind the counter and they're kind of looking at me weird and I'm kind of like standing there waiting my coffee and they're like, are you from California? <laughs> and I was like, yes. And they're like, cause you talk very funny and your hair is blonde. <laughs> I was like, Oh, they're like, and it's like California is a special place to everyone who's not here. Like people here are like, hell yeah, California. Yeah. It's what it's, you know, it's Cali, you know, whatever unique. people from outside of California, are like California, like, we it, need it, is, it. Like, it is so true. I didn't move to California until I was 30, and growing up on the East Coast, it's it's a different country. It's like you don't even consider it as a place you'd go vacation to. Um, I never really thought of what California would be like. It's just you don't even think about it. Like we have Florida. That was our kind of sunny beach destination. And then coming here, it was it was awesome. <laughs> That's probably why I haven't yeah. gone back. Mm-hmm. No, it's like there's a totally different vibe. It's like when you have the vibe, it's like, oh, like let's go to the beach super different than like oh like we're gonna find someone who has or like this guy has lake house and we're gonna go to the lake house for a week and like like that's just the vibe there it's like lakes and going to the new orleans or florbama you yeah. know like something like that i mean even twice removed remember i like, told you i did a lot of fishing we would go to a lot yeah. of lakes i was a pretty good bass fisherman <laughs> nice yeah i was like twice removed of like when i went to bali this summer first i met relieving the country been in california my entire life i've seen a lot of states but Never seen another culture in that sort of way. But forget Bali. Amazing there. But I had a 12-hour layover in China. Oh, wow. Wait, what city? Uh, it went uh, Qingdao and uh, Chaiman. And so that was I – didn't, I didn't leave the airport because on the way back, I only had $8 <laughs> and my passport <laughs> because everything, everything got stolen from me. But basically, though, going there and seeing that, like here is it's a meshing pot. I didn't realize that. Like, that's just what I thought life was, was I go around, you see people, everyone looks different. Yeah. You're there, but yeah, and I stuck out like a sore thumb. This dude walking around with a surfboard bag, a hat, a backpack, <laughs> not knowing where I'm going, and just everyone else around me is just like, just like everyone just looking at me like, this guy looks lost. <laughs> that was me showing up to Bardo's school mm-hmm. wearing like shorts, like above the knee, tall socks, Vans. Like a T-shirt that had something surf on it, yeah. And people were like, "Huh?" And then I'd be like, "Dude, this was super gnarly." And people were like, "Oh, <laughs> he said gnarly." Oh, unironically, <laughs> it's like, "Oh, wow." We totally say it. I say gnarly all the time. People here say gnarly all the time. And people over there are like, "Oh, it's like funny because like maybe they'll say gnarly." And then I said it, and they thought it was the funniest thing ever. That's like even just jargon from California. You can even get a spread there, like coming from NorCal, hella. 
<laughs> used to say hella all the time. Came here, I'd say hella, at like slow light, it would turn heads. Just did you just say hella? And I was like, yes. And then everyone here is saying chill, <laughs> chill. chill, dude. It's it's chill. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny because I went to San Jose up north in the Bay Area, and I started saying hella, and it just became so routine. And I came back here, and I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I saying this California dialect? Yeah, it changes so drastically, and I've I've heard there's something where Northern California people say, like, four o five, and we in like Central and Southern say the four o five. That's that's like, a California thing. Yeah. it's like that Saturday Night Live skit. Yeah, uh, uh, my girlfriend just showed me Californians go up to the one o one and take it to Ventura. <laughs> that is so so Cal. <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> That is wild. We, that's like you saying that. It's like if I didn't live here, that would seem very strange. But it's like, oh yeah, just take the one on one to Ventura. That makes total sense. You know, to all me. my East Coast buddies, they laugh at that skit and they put make fun of us out here. <laughs> but hey, so, West Coast, best coast. Yeah, I'll give a. Sh- yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> what What is better on the East Coast than the West Coast? Warm water. It would depend on where you are. You go to San Diego. Even LA is pretty warm. Come on now, you can be in trunks in the summer, four or five months in the anywhere on the East Coast from Virginia South. But like, how about that humidity? Humidity is a bitch. How about mosquitoes? <laughs> Tell me about the mosquitoes. Yeah, we got some bug problem. That was why the Ask one me thing about I Hollywood. noticed. What happened in Hollywood? We have it. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know, know you were that type, Braden. Look never, at you I've differently never... now. All I'm saying is, when I went to North Carolina, I. I was younger, and we were playing uh, in my cousin's front yard, and a truck drove by spraying oh, yeah. pesticides into the air, and they were like, oh, yeah, we just got to go inside for the next 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? They're like, no, that truck sprays poison. And I was like- Wait, where was this? North Carolina. Yeah, we a had truck a... went by spraying poison, aerosolized poison into the air just generally down the street, yep. on every street. I was like, was spraying DDT? poison? And it had a big picture of a bug on the back, too. Exactly. Right? It was a big bug, and it would spray, and you would you would hear it coming, and then you would go in the house. It was the, the bug the bug truck would come and spray. Yeah, the mosquitoes are bad in the south, all right? Well, there's a lot, there's a lot of water, really swampy. Mm-hmm. But there are some good things about the south. It's got crocodiles. And the east coast. Or yeah. Alligator. Alligators or crocodiles? That's Georgia and south. They want Maybe South Carolina. Yeah, Panthers. Alligators, right? Panthers? Panthers. I was in Florida, Florida and there were Panthers. signs that was like, don't go out at night, Panthers. I was like, oh, I cool. didn't know that was in the United States. Yeah. Come on now. But yeah, I mean, Florida I'm Panthers a- hockey team? Like a Carolina. West Coast, Carol- West Coast. Carolina <laughs> Panthers? There's the, uh, the, I've been, the, I have been, things come for a reason. I have been to the East Coast. Me and my family, we uh, flew into Boston, drove up to Maine, yeah, and, then, the <laughs> and then drove down to uh, Florida. And so I got to see like... Walt Disney World. I got to go to a, a Red Sox game. Get a Fenway Frank. Go up to Maine. Maine's pretty pretty. Cold. Never been to Maine. I really wanted Never to make it Maine. to Maine, but I made, yeah. ended up going down to the Florida Keys on my trip instead. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend the Florida Keys. Beautiful, yeah. huh? Absolutely beautiful. Like yeah. walking around in just warm water, sort of knee deep on a sandbar. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, I do agree with that. Because like, we did go to the Carolinas, went to the Outer Banks. And the water out there was warm. I forget the sandbars are cool. Like, it would be knee deep, and you could be a quarter mile out. And yeah. if you're on some rivers, you could be like a half mile out, and it's knee mm-hmm. deep, and the water is like 85 degrees. It feels mm-hmm. great. I saw a baby hammerhead shark in Florida. I was like, oh. Some people were like, there's a baby hammerhead shark. I was like, what? And I was like, oh, baby hammerhead shark. Wild. Yeah, and in Florida, they got bull sharks. Mm. For uh, 
what was it spring break two years ago we went to Daytona. i remember that trip I, you told me all about that trip i was we missed, so that's we, when i first realized how i liked you Braden. so we missed daytona by about 30 years <laughs> <laughs> we went there we're like it's spring break this is the place to be we were looking at like stuff online we go there there's like one strip of places to go there's young people spring breaking but we saw like the beach that's what it was but it's not there anymore but where is it now fort lauderdale well i'm saying of like the spring break it used to be the whole entire beach just went yeah, off. yeah. but now it, they're not allowed to do that anymore they stopped it yeah, fort lauderdale Sad. and then on the panhandle like um oh what's it called near tallahassee there's a uh, another spring space spring spring break spot mm-hmm. but yeah daytona is you dated that's a little bit I think you got caught up in the movie done, Bad huh? Grandpa. <laughs> oh my god, good movie, good movie, hilarious but, movie. Yeah, one thing I've never, I've never seen, and that was out there, at some of the bars, they had free drinks from eight to ten. <laughs> I've really? never heard of that in my entire life. That's a way, of, yeah. way before it's time. That's, how, <laughs> that's, that's go got to come here. Yeah. It's like here, they're like, all right, pay us twenty five dollars before you come in. Oh, the covers. No, no, they didn't do that there though. I'm oh saying, yeah, here, here, here. Maybe East Coast got some things going for them. Yeah, I in San Jose was a whole new experience because I went to bars like big city bars instead mm-hmm. of like you know Slow Brew or whatever Frog and Peach. And I went and I was like, yeah, can I get two AMFs? And they're like, sure, pay us fifty eight dollars. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, excuse me. And they're like, it's literally twenty eight dollars a drink or whatever. And I was like, that is horrible. Yeah. Here it's like, oh, here's two AMFs for eight fifty. Two dollar red stripes. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, that was sad. That was terrible. Well, James, we were asking everyone this. What is your favorite memory in San Luis Obispo? Favorite memory in San Luis Obispo. All right. That's a tough one. I've done a, I've done a lot here. I've been here like 12, 13 years. Actually, I've kind of figured out I've lived now in slow longer than I've lived in any other place. So it still doesn't make me a native, but definitely makes me a local, I would think. My favorite experience, and you guys are probably part of it, I would say, is probably when I have friends come from out of town and they're mm-hmm. they're not as familiar, or they don't really know it, and I'll I'll take them around, whether it's Montana de Oro, or Big Falls, or driving on the dunes, or Frog and Peach, and people are just amazed about you know about our community here, and just to seeing their reactions and almost their jealousy that that we're here is those are some of my best experiences here yeah i'd say i mean i'd say the same i think that's the thing that people cherish here is the amount of things you can do in such a small vicinity but every single thing is so unique to this place it is very true and our second guest question favorite book favorite book you're assuming i, I can read <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that was an assumption <laughs> um yeah, my books are kind of boring that I, that I read. I'm not a big reader. Um, as a history teacher, I do read like historical nonfictions. Um, we got the tax code as one of our previous two read books, so it <laughs> can't was, be more boring. The, okay. Um, I just cracked a book called Empire Adrift. We'll see how that goes. It's about the Portuguese royal family kind of escaping persecution and you know, going to Brazil, but no good. Could go up there with the tax code. <laughs> um, uh, I do enjoy, like, from a like uh, self help perspective, the John Wooden's books. His books on leadership are fantastic. If you, if if you're into teaching or mentoring or coaching, um, John Wooden. He's got a couple books, leadership and the title. Um, just his philosophy 
Um, it, it's, it's a book that I'll reference usually during our, our, when I am coaching during our brief season, I'll, I'll just even read a couple chapters and it just reiterates some things that, that every good coach or, or teacher does. Um, so I'll go with that. Any John Wooden book on leadership. One of the books is literally called John Wooden on leadership. There you go. I think you said yeah. that. <laughs> that's a, I've actually heard from several people. That's a super good book. To he, read. he is, a, he is an unbelievable man. That's wow. cool. Yeah. But Hey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having yeah, me. It was a pleasure. This is an three. honor. Nice to see you guys. Hope to see you in the water soon. Yeah, um, I was going to say, let's go play some pickup. Let's, yeah, let's go, go surf. Yeah, yeah go surf. surf. Pick up golf. Now we can do some golf. Oh. Yeah, I, I actually I played with Emerson before at Laguna. You remember that? Yeah, I actually, um, fun fact, won a golf tournament when I was younger. So, oh, you know, don't mess with me on the course. Would have known. Yeah, but uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. This is Slow Pod episode three. Hello, Braden and Emerson here. Social media is all systems go. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the. S-L-O-P-O-D. Facebook is coming soon at that same handle. If you guys like this episode, please tell your friends and share the podcast. Email us at theslowpod at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. We'd love to know. And finally, if you really loved what we are building here, you can donate to the project using Patreon for one-time donations and Anchor for monthly donations, both under the S-L-O-P-O-D. All donations go back into giving you a better experience. Links to these sites can be found on both our Instagram and Twitter. Thank you again for all your support. Ciao.